My name is Emmy, and I'm from Carmichael, California, and Family Travel Radio is on the air. Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Hey there, my friend. It's Aaron Schlein here, and welcome to episode number 11 of Family Travel Radio. This is the very first episode of 2019, and we are going to tackle an issue that affects millions of families around the world, and that issue is accessible travel for families with special needs. Joining us today is Corey Lee. Corey is the founder of the award-winning travel blog, Curb Free with Corey Lee. Corey is an unparalleled authority on accessible travel, and today Corey is going to talk specifics about why being in a wheelchair shouldn't stop people from traveling the world. Corey is also going to speak about his biggest supporter and the source of his determination, his mother, Sandy. Did you think for a second that maybe you wouldn't be able to see the world the way an able-bodied person could? And one word, no. My mom always kind of raised me with, you know, just like always have enough determination and stay hungry. And if you want something bad enough, then you can definitely do it. And speaking of Corey's mother, Sandy, she is also going to join in on the conversation to share her inspirational journey as Corey's mother and as his traveling companion. Sandy shares some priceless advice for parents who don't want their child's special need to prevent them from exploring every corner of the world. I would say you just got to get out of your comfort zone and do it. You only have one shot at life. I don't want to leave here or be on my deathbed and think back that, that I've got regrets or that there was time lost that I could have spent with him. As always, the notes for this episode are available at familytravel.org slash radio. Today on Family Travel Radio, we are joined by Corey Lee and his mom, Sandy. At the age of two, Corey was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy and the doctors told his mom that he would never walk. But that did not stop them from traveling the world. Corey and Sandy have visited six continents together, and while it may be difficult at times, they are determined to show others that anything is possible with enough determination. Corey runs the award-winning travel blog, Curb Free with Corey Lee, and Sandy recently launched her own blog called My Sandy Trail. Corey and Sandy, thank you so much. Welcome to Family Travel Radio. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. We're really excited to be here. Oh, certainly my pleasure. I invited y'all on Family Travel Radio today, not only to discuss the importance of accessibility and special needs in travel and in family travel, but I also, you two provide just a beautiful example of the diversity in the kinds of families that explore the world together. And it's certainly my pleasure to have you on today. Now, Sandy, before we move on to, to Corey's story, I'd like to start with you and just tell me about the role that travel played in your life growing up. Um, pretty much my whole life, my dad, mom, and my sister and I all traveled usually one big vacation every summer to a local beach, which wasn't that far away from our house. But we would sometimes go for a weekend trip to uh, camping or to the lake, just small trips, never international, just usually local to the U.S. But I always look forward to that big trip every year with my family. And uh, I knew when I had my own child, I wanted to pursue travel and go further and maybe even internationally. But I 
wasn't really sure how I was going to be able to do that and afford to do that. So it was it was going to be a struggle, but I wanted to make it happen for sure. So coming from that background where most of your travel was relatively local, what was what lit that spark in you that to where you knew that when you became a mom, you wanted to, to take your kids further afield? That was just such a great memory of mine with my own family uh, growing up. And I just think it's such a great family bond to be able to see new things and experience life outside outside of the daily struggles of chores and, and running the household. And it's just such a great time to get away and just enjoy each other for who we are. If we can, let's get keep this as real, of course, and as raw as possible. And knowing that, that you had that, that dream and that ambition to, to one day have your own kids and, and to take those trips and to really explore the world. Tell me about when, when Corey came into your life and how that may have changed, at least maybe temporarily changed the plans in your mind, if any. Right. Yeah. He was, um, he was diagnosed at, at, like you said, at the age of two with muscular dystrophy, but I, I didn't want that to hold him or me back from from just living what you could call a normal life. And uh, I was uh, working in the school system as he grew up. I was a, a paraprofessional, which was an assistant teacher. So I had the summers off. So I had lots of free time, but really not a lot of money. <laughs> and I was a single mom. So throughout the summers, we would go locally around not too far away, usually just drive somewhere that we could drive in the summer just for a weekend trip or a week trip that was not too not too expensive, of course. When, once he got through high school and graduated school, I thought we need to go a little further and do a little more. And he had took uh, several years of German class. And I thought, you know, when he graduates high school, we need to do something big. And so for his high school graduation, we did a big trip to Germany. So that was a huge trip um, for both of us to see internationally the world with a different language and a different culture. And, and that really sparked us to see and do more. Well, I think it's so cool that you your interest had expanded so much up to the point when Corey graduated high school. Because I, I pulled a quote off of your web, website, Sandy, and this is regarding Corey going to school for the first time. So the beginning of that school journey. You said, quote, I was a nervous wreck about leaving him in the care of total strangers. Every parent goes through this with their child when they begin school for the first time, but not in the way that a special need parent does. Can you just speak on those feelings for me? And then we're going to get into how those relate to travel. Yes, it was. Uh, I mean, I had to do a lot for him, as any parent does. But with a child with special needs, you have to there's really a bond there that grows because you're doing even extra things for that child and with that child and spending a lot more time. So just trusting uh, him in someone's care at school, that was nerve wracking for me. And that's kind of why I also helped encourage me to get a job in the school system to kind of be there if something did happen or was needed I wasn't that far away um so it was it was a challenge and it was a challenge on him and me and uh, seeing seeing the other kids be able to do things that he couldn't do even like I was saying with his German uh, taking that in high school the whole the whole school had taken a trip to Germany um, through that German class, and that really broke my heart that I couldn't, for one, I couldn't afford for him to go at that point with the class, and I also knew that the class and he would face challenges as far as him being able to do all that they could do on that trip, and I didn't want to hold the other students back, but I also didn't want Corey to be able to 
to go with them and see them doing things that he may not be able to do because I wasn't sure about accessibility. So that was really what sparked me into taking him on my own for that first trip, just so we could make sure that we could make things happen for him. Corey, what are your memories like from those early days, those earliest days of school? Yeah, so, um, I mean, when I started school, it was really, um, I mean, difficult in the beginning because, I mean, I remember like on the very first day of kindergarten, like I had just gotten my first Howard wheelchair, actually. And so it was motorized and I really didn't know how to use it too much at that point on the first day of school. And so as soon as I went in the classroom, like I lost control of the wheelchair and actually like kind of ran a kid over and they started like crying and like it caused this big scene. And I was like completely mortified because I mean, that was the first day of school, the first time meeting all these other kids and the teachers. and uh, So that was like, a pretty rude awakening to uh, elementary school for me, but I'm happy to say that it did get much better from there on out. So, and the um, kid was okay. Right. The kid was ultimately <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but um, I just ran them over a little bit, you know, so nothing too bad. <laughs> In that early age, that seems like a, a way that friendships can be formed. What, what was your relationship with that kid going forward? Yeah, um, I actually don't even really remember who it was, but um, <laughs> I was always really close with like everyone in my classes, and I feel like, I mean, I was in mainstream classes throughout my entire school career, so when I started school, that really, um, I feel like after a couple of years in elementary school, the kids really started seeing me more as like, you know, a peer and just another classmate, instead of only looking at the wheelchair. Um, and so I'm really lucky, you know, that I was in mainstream classes and that was really a struggle also and something that my mom did. Um, so she constantly had to fight every year to actually get me in mainstream classes instead of the special education classes. Um, the school really wanted me to be in those, but she just would not go for it. And I'm really fortunate that that happened because it really gave me a chance to, you know, get a normal education and, um, without that, I definitely would not be where I am today. And in talking about his friends in school, I mean, they were excellent. They were they were a lot of help. They loved him. He loved his friends. And he never really came home with any nightmare stories uh, that you sometimes hear about people being bullied or picked on. They were always so kind to him. And a lot of the kids Usually at Christmas time, when the kids in the class would be making out their Christmas list, they would always put on there that they wanted a wheelchair like Corey's. <laughs> they thought that was the coolest thing ever. Well, they probably had somebody they wanted to run over. Oh, yeah, probably. Right. <laughs> so tell me, Sandy, tell me about some of your, your peers back in that time, other parents of special needs children. You said you really had to fight to, to get Corey into the mainstream education. What was the, the vibe from, from other parents? Did they have that same fight in them or did they just allow the system to absorb them and put them where they wanted them to be? I was such a young mother. I was uh, 20 when I had him and I really didn't have uh, much of a surrounding or, or knowledge of of any other parents. And so my sister and her children, they, her children were involved in a little league ball team and, and uh, uh, most all the kids in the neighborhood were. So I I would sit there with Corey watching her kids play ball and, and he wanted to play too, but there was no other kids around that, that I saw that was actually like him and in a wheelchair. So I had, um, I had just put an ad in our local newspaper 
went on our local news channel and uh, offered kids to come and parents to come of special needs children, whether they were in a wheelchair or not, if they had any type of special need. I invited them just to a local community room one evening and just asked them to if they were interested in playing ball and forming a ball team for special needs. And that's really so many people showed up that night. The news channel came and, and put it locally on the six o'clock news. And it, it really grew a big team and a big following and a big support group for me and for the kids um, to, to spark their interest in sports and getting maybe out of their comfort zone where they could meet other people and be more extroverted and, and outdoors. And that was really like such a groundbreaker, I think, because it was really the first special needs sports team of any kind in the Chattanooga area where we live. Um, and so, I mean, they still do it today even. And that was really the first one that was ever around. And I mean, it was really a good opportunity for me for kind of the first time to even meet other kids with, with special needs and in wheelchairs. And um, I mean, my mom and I are both still friends with like some of them on Facebook and we still talk to them. And when we see them like out and about, we say, Hey, and um, so it was really just a good opportunity overall, I think. Oh yeah. It was, it's a great bonding for all the kids that were involved as well as their families. Now, real quick, Sandy, I'm just trying to kind of get a, get a picture of, of just your personality and the fire inside you, because whether you realize it or not, like that's a really special thing you did. It's, it's groundbreaking. It takes a lot of leadership and quite frankly, a lot of, a lot of guts to, to really put yourself out there like that and bring people into your world. So is that part of your personality growing up naturally, or was this just something you, you adapted as a young mother of a special needs child? Ah. Uh. I always thought of myself as being a little shy and a little timid. Um, but when I, when I had Corey, I was like, I just, I couldn't accept the, not really that I couldn't accept the fact that he was in a chair, but I didn't want to accept the fact that he couldn't do things that other kids could. So I really wanted to make sure that he was an, an equal to them, that he could do things and that he could be an inspiration and, and show them, Hey, you know, Everybody has challenges, whether they're in a wheelchair or not. So uh, sometimes things happen that that hold us back. But that's just that's just us. That's that's not our disability. Sometimes that holds us back. And I've always told Corey, you know, if you can't stand up, stand out. And he has definitely lived up to that. <laughs> yeah, I like the saying that being different is better than being better. That's right. And I, right. I love that. And sometimes our, our biggest challenges, our biggest obstacles are, in fact, in our mind. And I think that, that you're just a great example of that. And, and Corey, so now let's, let's, tra let's kind of relate this all back to, to travel, because that's really what we're talking about here. Just You've had just an inspirational run. You're 28 years old. You've seen six continents. You're a self-described travel addict. So let's, start, let's go back to the beginning. You say when you're four years old, right around that time, you got your very first powered wheelchair. You took your very first trip. Tell me about that. Yeah, so the very first trip ever when I was four um, was actually to Disney World. So my entire family went, my mom, my grandparents, my dad, um, before my mom and dad got divorced. And so we all went to Disney World, and it was really just such a fun trip, and I still remember it to this day. And I am still a complete Disney addict, um, so I actually, I mean, I go there pretty much every year at least once, and we have my entire life. and. I um, even did my college internship at Disney World. So 
I'm completely addicted to the place. And I think that all started when I was four. Um, but really, the thing that really gave me the travel bug, I think, was when we went to the Bahamas for the first time. And um, I mean, it was just really the first time that I ever saw kind of a different culture and like got to try all of these new foods and everything. And I thought, you know, if the Bahamas is only, you know, a short distance away from the U.S., then um, I mean, and this different and this great, then how much better could places in Europe be like Germany, which we went to after that, or Israel or Morocco or Australia or all of these other amazing places that were much further away. So that really inspired me to go further and keep delving into different destinations. As you're experiencing this, this inspiration at, at, this, at this young age, what's going on in your mind as far as thinking about the potential limitations, potential challenges that the, tra- the travel throws out to anyone, but particularly to yourself? Did you think for a second that maybe you wouldn't be able to see the world the way an able-bodied person could? Uh, and one word, no. Um, <laughs> so, but, and, and more words than that. Um, I mean, really, I think that as someone like me, I grew up w- as a wheelchair user, so I've never really known anything different. Someone that maybe, you know, was in a car wreck and got paralyzed, like I think they see the difference more easily than I do between being, you know, disabled and not disabled. Uh, but for me, I mean, it's just something that I've always kind of had to grow with and deal with. So I've never really looked at it as a hindrance. I've always just kind of looked at it um, as, you know, like I'm, I'm going to have to do this differently, but how can it get done? Um, and I know that there's usually a way to do it um, if you're determined enough. So I've really, I mean, my mom always kind of raised me with, you know, just like always have enough determination and, you know, kind of stay hungry. And if you want something bad enough, then you can definitely do it. So um, that's something that I think I've carried with me um, throughout the entire time that I've traveled. I love that. Stay hungry. And she didn't just tell you to have that determination. She didn't just tell you to have that, that fire in your belly. She was showing you. And I think that's, that's just really, really powerful stuff. And I'm, I'm sure you appreciate that, Corey, with your mom, Sandy, sitting right there next to you. But I can just I can feel the, the passion in both of your voices. That These are two lives well-lived on both of your parts, and it's, it's incredibly inspirational. And I'd love to just get into some of the to some of the travels you've done together as travel companions to some of the places you've been and especially get into how it's impacted your relationship just as mother and son. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll say one and then you can say your favorite. Um, but my favorite place that we've ever been probably was actually earlier this year. Um, in April we went to Morocco. Um, and that was really just such an amazing trip. And it was also a really cool trip for me because it was actually the first ever curb free group tour where some of my followers um, that were also in wheelchairs got to join us in Morocco for a week and we explored like Casablanca, Fez, Marrakesh and then I even got to ride a camel out in the Sahara Desert um, which is something that I had dreamed about for a really really long time but I never actually thought that maybe I would get to do it or I mean I thought I could do it but it was going to be really tricky to actually be able to you know ride on the camel and remain stable um, because I do have muscle weakness. So I was like kind of worried about falling off the camel or, you know, the camel riding off into the sunset and taking me with it. Um, but uh, we were actually, I mean, I was able to do it and it was actually pretty comfortable and uh, just such an amazing experience. I mean, I remember like sitting on top of the camel and looking out at the dunes of the Sahara and seeing the camel in front of me and 
um, just being like overwhelmed with emotion that that was actually happening. And I was there in that moment. Well, describe a little more detail too about the, you said you had your group with you, the Curb Free Tour. Tell me about that. Yeah. So um, this past April was actually the first ever um, Curb Free annual group tour. So um, my followers had the chance to join me and we, um, it was a fully accessible trip. Um, so we had accessible transportation, we had all accessible restaurants planned and attractions and um, anything that you could possibly imagine. So it was fully wheelchair accessible. And um, I actually just announced about a month ago that the next trip is going to be in July of 2019 in Iceland. Um, and so it actually sold out within about a week or two. So um, it's completely sold out and I'm so excited to um, do it again. And I definitely want to do it at least annually in a different destination every year, but hopefully within the next couple of years, we'll do it two or three times a year instead of only once. Well, that's that quick sellout is certainly a proof that you're, that you're onto something. Sandy, let's get back to you. And so you're, you're Corey's travel companion. Tell me about a, just a major transformational experience that, that you have personally experienced over the course of your travels with Corey. Yeah, when uh, when he first started traveling uh, so much, really, and we first started uh, going on all these trips, I, I'm I'm working uh, a job also, so I'm not just traveling. I, I also have a job as a social worker, so I I was having a hard time trying to get off work as much as as the trips were coming. So I had called an agency, a local agency that provides caregivers. And we had uh, brought in a, a caregiver to train, to show her, you know, what Corey's special needs are, how to help with showering and different things that might be needed uh, day in and day out. And uh, it came all the way down to the point that she was going to be traveling to Israel with him. And uh, we were within probably a month away from the trip. And uh, we thought, we thought she was really sweet. We could trust her and everything was going good. And, and she was, but about a month before the trip, she called and said she just couldn't do it, that she was having back trouble. And, and I think really she was a little nervous about it as well as I, and I took that as, okay, this is a sign. I, I just, I was nervous about trusting anyone. I mean, cause things can happen with just anybody, but when it's your child and there's, I mean, their life really is in your hands to keep them healthy and safe. And I mean, to provide so much care that's needed and be so far away from home and of all your loved ones. I just, I couldn't take the risk of, of letting really, or, or even finding anyone that we could trust that much with his life to, to travel across the world. And uh, so I went on that trip with him to Israel and that was the absolute best experience and the best time of, of our lives. And I think really we bonded so much just from the experience and the emotional um, side of just seeing that diverse culture um, of Jerusalem and Tel Aviv and, and uh, experiencing that. It, it was amazing. But uh, and since then, I've just wanted to go more and more with him. And luckily, I've been able to, to take those trips with him to so many destinations. So what would you what kind of advice would you have, Sandy, for parents out there with special needs children who want to do the things that you have done, but you, you had you had a passion, you had an inspiration, you had a drive that 
may not exist in every parent. What would your advice be for special needs parents who have children like Corey who want to get out and see the world, but they need that caretaker and the parents just struggle with the idea of being a primary caregiver in a strange, in a strange foreign land? What would your advice be? I would say you just got to get out of your comfort zone and, and do it. I mean, this, you only have one shot at life. I don't want to, I don't want to leave here or be on my deathbed and think back that, that I've got regrets, the something I could have done, shouldn't have done, or that there was time lost that I could have spent with him. Um, I mean, I know he's got friends and he, you know, he needs time with time with his friends also, but those special moments when, when his care is needed and, and such a wonderful experience, I don't want to miss it. So I just, I would tell uh, other families, you know, you only get one shot at life. So let's make the best of it and, and leave this world with no regret. Well, Corey, both, well, Sandy and you, you're, you're advocates kind of for this, um, the similar message, but in from different perspectives. Obviously, Corey, you as the as as the son, the son with the special needs, and then Sandy, of course, you as as the parent. So let's start with you, Corey. Tell me about how you're using your platform, Curb Free with Corey Lee, to to advocate for for special needs travelers like yourself. Yeah. So on Curb Free with Corey Lee, I mean, I really try to show um, both the good side and the bad side of traveling as a wheelchair user. Um, or not even necessarily the bad side, but the realistic side to it. So um, really, you know, what all goes into flying as a wheelchair user or checking into a hotel room that may not be as accessible as the manager promised that it would be beforehand. Um, So there are definitely a lot of aspects that go into traveling as a wheelchair user. But I really hope that my website just encourages others to really you know, just give it a go and um, see what it's all about. And hopefully, um, I mean, through my experiences, they can learn, you know, how to make it a little bit easier. Um, So I really love sharing any tips or answering any questions. And uh, hopefully we can make the process just a little bit easier for the next person. Tell me about how the strength in your numbers, like you said, that that loyal, loyal following, how how has that impacted our ability just as, as as human beings to, to make real change in it when it comes to accessibility and travel? Yeah, I mean, I think that really, you know, my numbers, um, I have almost 60,000 social media followers, um, won the Lowell Thomas Award for Best Travel Blog. And um, I mean, I, I really don't tell people all this just to brag. I mean, I really think that it goes to show, you know, how far we as wheelchair users and people in the accessible travel industry have came because I think a lot of like different destinations and people really think of, you know, accessibility as kind of like a hindsight and they don't, they think that, you know, oh, people in wheelchairs, you know, they really don't travel that much. So why should we make our destination accessible? But people with disabilities, I mean, one in five people have some sort of disability, whether it's a mental disability or a physical disability or whatever it may be. Um, and people with disabilities spend over $13 billion per year just on travel. So, I mean, it's a really huge market. Um, and so, I mean, I really hope that I, I mean, whenever I'm visiting a destination, I really try to, you know, show them what areas they can improve in and really try to portray to them that, you know, the market is out there and people with disabilities do want to travel and we have the money to travel. Um, but I mean, without accessible destinations, that's not really possible. 
Um, so whenever I'm working with a different destination or PR firm, I really, you know, try to help them out and show them why it's important to focus on accessibility. Let's get let's get into a couple of specifics. Tell me in in your travels, the places you've experienced, what are some of those some of those things you regularly see travel destinations missing the mark on when it comes to accessibility? Uh, really, the biggest thing for me is accessible transportation. Um, so whenever I'm visiting a place, you know, if I get to the airport and there are no wheelchair accessible taxis or public transportation, then, I mean, I'm going to be stuck at the airport and I can't really, you know, get to the hotel or get to a restaurant or an attraction or get around town. Um, So transportation is really, I think, the biggest issue when it comes to destinations and what they could improve. Um, So, I mean, just, you know, it would be really easy to, you know, just put a ramp and some taxis um, or and the public transportation or something like that. And it would really open up the destination so much because whenever I'm traveling to a place, I mean, that's immediately the first thing that I look up. And if somewhere doesn't have accessible transportation, then I know that, you know, it's not even worth going to um, because it's going to be really, really hard to get around. And I don't really want to be, you know, stuck at the hotel or at the airport the whole time that I'm there. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think that's one area that could greatly be improved. Can you can you point to one particular destination that you consider the gold standard when it comes to tra- to transportation others can learn from? There are a few actually. Um, so um, Helsinki, Finland is really really excellent. All of Scandinavia actually is, I mean, really remarkable and does a great job. So in Helsinki, there are over three hundred wheelchair accessible taxis which is just unheard of um, anywhere else in Europe almost. Um, London is really good also because all of the black cabs in London, they actually have a fold-out ramp, so they're all accessible. And then as far as in the U.S., um, I mean, thanks to the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, um, a lot of cities have really good accessibility, but I think that Washington, D.C. is by far the best when it comes to transportation because – Um, Not only are there accessible taxis, but the metro and all of the buses are 100% wheelchair accessible. So um, I actually lived in D.C. for a year after high school, and it was just um, so easy to get around. And it was really, you know, freeing in a way to be able to have that much um, freedom and be able to get around so easily. My friends out there in podcast land, I just hope you're noticing just how much information Corey can just pull up straight off the top of his head. Just imagine what's waiting for you over at Curb Free with Corey Lee when it comes to does anything and everything related to accessible worldwide travel. Now, Sandy, let's move over to you for a moment because you've started your own blog, mysandytrail.com. Tell me about it. What's your, what are you hoping to, to share with the world on mysandytrail.com? It really, uh, it's, pretty new so it's just beginning but um Corey really has encouraged me to uh, he he gets lots of questions from different families that are wanting to travel and kind of see my side of uh of how difficult it really is to make these trips and these things happen for him physically so I just kind of started it to show my side of the travel maybe sometimes not just what's on the forefront but some of the background things that happen so I've got a, a few um, a few uh, blogs on there of just um, my experience uh, finding out his diagnosis, some of the travel stories, 
Um, I really haven't grown too far yet. It's just new, but I, I do really want to inspire other parents and uh, let them see really of, you know, even though we have issues and struggles, we can still make it happen for our kids to, to enjoy life no matter what age they are. Well, certainly wish you the, the, the absolute best of luck with that. And I, there's just nothing to me that's, or there's few things, I guess, that are just more special than when people take the the time to turn around and just teach back the things that they learned over the course of their life, regardless of what it was, you know, you, you were living your story from the time you were you know, you're 20 years old, becoming a mother, and then all the, the progression through your travels with Corey. And then now you're turning around and hopefully going to continue to inspire others with your story. And I think that's just absolutely, absolutely remarkable stuff. Yeah, thank you. I, I really enjoy when, when I get comments on the articles of, you know, that they're going through the same things that I was as a young mother or that they were wondering, you know, could they get their child on the plane and how would it work? And and it it's I love to see that it, they're inspired to get out there and, and go places and, and do more because of what they've read or of that little tidbit of inspiration I've get, helped to give them. And sometimes that all it's all it takes is that little tidbit, something to just get people out the door and get them just over that initial hurdle, that initial whether it's a mental or physical obstacle uh, to get them out there and enjoying, like you said, that one life that we all have to live. Corey and Sandy, I could go on with you guys all day. This is an incredible conversation. The inspiration is is uh, virtually endless, and I really, really appreciate you all taking the time today to join us on Family Travel Radio. You can check out Corey's blog, of course, at CurbFreeWithCoreyLee.com, and then Sandy's new, but very soon, I'm sure, is going to just take off into the stratosphere. Her brand new blog, MySandyTrail.com, and we're going to have that linked up in the show notes over at FamilyTravel.org slash radio. Corey, Sandy, thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thank Thank you you for having us. Yeah, Yeah. we really enjoyed it, Aaron. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this very first episode of Family Travel Radio in 2019. Thanks so much to our guest announcer. Her name is Emmy, and she's from Carmichael, California. Thank you, Emmy, for providing the intro to this episode. And of course, please visit us at familytravel.org and discover all the possibilities in family travel. Have a great one, my friend. I'm Aaron Schlein, and I am signing off.